My name's Tomo and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube. But this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening and let's crack on. Shock horror, he's late. Look, I like to see it as a little bit of a cute, it's a cute little tradition we've got going. You know what I mean, everyone? Welcome, everyone who's patiently waited um, for me to go live. We are back again for the Monaco Grand Prix pre-race chinwag. Chin, chinwag. Must forgot how to say chinwag there. Roll intro. Bada boom, bada bing. Lovely jubbly. Hello, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for taking part in what is gonna be a probably quite a long pre-race stream as these typically go. Um, so if you're audio only, buckle up. Maybe you're watching along in the car. Maybe you're listening along on the toilet. Wherever. Wherever works for you. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's come on. It's all good. Uh, welcome Jacques Cameron, um, Jenga, Game Over Penguin, Danny, Vixten, Jonathan, Salim, April, Vampire, Ingmar, Kian, Juan, Bart, Georgie, Milo, or Milo, Bass, Daniel, Queer, Techno Andrew, Bree, Bailey, Tub Talks, Elo Purse. <coughs> Bit of the Aussie purse, mate. Love it. Will I'm Alvaro Cheese, Pranay, Cardboard, Bailey, Chris, Typical Wolf, Joe, Neil, Henry, Blogan, Cian, Luther, Luntha, sorry, Marcus, Michael, Jozo. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for all taking the time to listen to a man sit, stand, should I say, I'm standing, I like standing, standing desk life, right, come on, um, get to know, and talk about Formula One, Monaco Grand Prix. We should hopefully have a Grand Prix this weekend. Um, again, obviously, horrific what happened last weekend, uh, and is still ongoing in the Emilia-Romagna region, so... My best wishes to anyone affected by that because, yeah, it's pretty horrible. I think there's like 14, um, 14 people lost their lives so far. It's around that number. Um, not great. But Monaco, this weekend, the sport carries on. Um, there is a lot of talk of rain this weekend, but enough to cancel the race. I'm sure it'll be fine. Right. Let's get into it. First of all, audio only. Again, if you want to listen to this just through your ears, or if you just want to go on Spotify and give it a rating or whatever, like, why not? Why wouldn't you? You know, why, why wouldn't you? Maybe you're not a podcast listener in your ears, but maybe, maybe you should. You know, it would be nice. I'd appreciate it. Um, right. Okay. Boom. Round seven, Monaco Grand Prix. We are count. Obviously, round six was Imola. It didn't happen, but it will still go down as round six, just round six. It was a DNS for everyone, um, I guess. So didn't um, didn't happen last weekend, but we're back in Monaco. First of all, let's get a perspective of, because I would say Monaco is the most divisive Grand Prix. What is your opinion of the Monaco Grand Prix? Right, we're going to get four options here. Love it. It's good. Um, eh. And then bin. What are you saying, people? You've got four options to choose from. 
what do you make of the Monaco Grand Prix? What's your, what's your opinion? What's your take on it, right? Um, are you are you open to it being a thing going forward? Are you happy with what it's like? Do you you know are you accepting of it? Maybe with some changes, but overall accepting. Or do you think it's just a nostalgia merchant? You know, because it's been on the calendar for a long time. It gets passes that it doesn't necessarily deserve. Where do you sit on it? And also, thank you, uh, Ender, for the five euros. Hi, Tomo. The chin mug is going to cheer me up after my last day of high school. Congratulations. Well done. Finishing high school, big, uh, I don't actually remember, I was actually talking about this with Hannah, like, yesterday. I don't remember my last day of college. I remember my last day of is secondary school in the UK. So my last day of, like, year 11, getting my um, getting my results. I remember that. But I don't remember my last day of college. That kind of all blended in. That's back when I was doing motorsport engineering, when I thought I was going to be actually, I could have been working for one of the F1 teams if, if I'd uh, made some different life choices, just as, like, a, uh, I mean, I, I don't have the, the brain to to develop <laughs> cars, but no, I pro- I, you know what I really enjoyed actually in my motorsport course, and it sounds really like niche and, and unusual, right? But when I did my motorsport course, we covered various different angles of it. We didn't really cover aero, to be fair. It was more the mechanics, um, but there was just as much practical as there was theoretical stuff. And I really enjoyed the composites and materials um, unit. Like I think I got maximum marks in that because I just found that really interesting. So I feel like if I had gone down that route, I would have been like working on like carbon, like, I don't know, layering panels or something like that. That could have been cool. That's that. It would have been a really niche, kind of not very, uh, <laughs> not very, not very glamorous role, but it needs doing because there's a lot of carbon fiber in Formula One. You know what I mean? Um, right. Okay. Lovely. Lovely, Chubby. What are we saying? What are we saying? So we've got a poll going. 508 of you have voted so far. 19% of you love the Monaco Grand Prix. 42% of you think it's good. 33% think it's air. And 7% is bin. Yes. I, I think we're all, you know, we are all well aware of what Monaco gives and what Monaco taketh away, okay? And we've got, what, 22 races on the calendar this year. It was going to be 24. It will, once again, they will try and do 24 next year. And having a track like Monaco, which is such a unique challenge compared to pretty much all of the rest, because, you know, every track's got its nuance. Every track's got its own perspective. The, the way I see it, and I'll, 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 I'll stick to this, is that it offers enough in different areas that with a few optimizations that they could easily do, they could easily change up qualifying so it is more one shot in its nature so that you don't get people shunting and ruin every, ruining everyone else's laps because that is annoying. Do that and then mandate a two-stop, maybe one, yeah, soft, medium, hard, you have to use it in the race. For me, that is enough to, you're not going to get wheel-to-wheel with Monaco. The cars aren't going to get any smaller. It's not going to happen. But for me, with those small changes, you make Monaco unique enough and different enough and still a huge challenge. Because like, we take it for granted, these drivers pounding around, keeping someone behind. You know, you've had like Daniel Ricciardo um, keeping Lewis behind when he was in the Red Bull and it was half breaking down. You've had, you know, even Checo last year, you know, when he was, well, we touched on last year because obviously Checo did win the race last time out in Monaco. Um, he had a bit of a train behind him. No one could get past but to not shunt around a track like Monaco, it's 
these are incredibly talented drivers. They make it look easy. I mean, you look at how close um, drivers often got to the walls in Baku. You know what I mean? So it's um, it's mad. Cheers, Jamie, as well for the seven ninety nine RZ. Appreciate it, mate. Look, yes, there's not much overtaking in it. It's predictable, but it's a track that really separates the men from the boys. Yeah, I, I think it's again, it's easy to take for for granted what they're able to do and how consistent consistently they're able to do it. But it's a it's it's a different it's a different challenge entirely, isn't it? So. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not averse to it being on the calendar at all. I do think I don't think it's perfect. Again, I think those two changes immediately would make it better than it already is. I've talked about you know track changes in the past that I think they could do and maybe should consider doing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's such a. It's not just about the ribbon and the tarmac, is it? Like the 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 fact that this is it's a global um, global sport. It's not just about the tarmac. Is it? It's about the environment. It's about the culture of the places that we go to, and how the sport embraces that and puts on a show and showcases all these different parts of the world. And yes, obviously Monaco is a place that is literally like it's a principality for crying out loud. Like it's you know if any place if any venue screams like privilege and uh, the history the maybe archaic side of Formula One, um, not very, being very accessible, all of that. It's Monaco. Of course it is. But it's still, there's something about it, isn't it, that just makes it appealing and exciting. And it's a shame that the racing can't typically measure and, and hold up to the the rest of the show, I guess. But is the best qualifying of the season? It is, Tom, unless someone shunts. And ruin it, ruins everyone else's laps. You know what I mean? So that that's like the one thing that annoys me. And even like traffic, like F2 doesn't have this normal qualifying uh, layout in Monaco. Like it's the only event on the F2 calendar where everyone's split in half and you have two sessions. You have two sessions with, you know, say there's 22, 24 cars on the grid, you have two sessions of either 11 or 12 cars. Boom, because there's too many cars on track. These are young drivers as well, and they're going to get in each other's way. And sometimes you just can't, like, these cars are big. Even the F2 cars. I feel like the F2 cars now are, I could be wrong. I haven't actually looked. What's bigger, the F2 cars now or the F1 cars back in, like, 2005? Because I feel like the F2 cars are bigger than the old F1 cars. So, like, it's just physically getting out of the way is a challenge. Because you don't have massive runoffs that you can just go, oh, God, I'm just going to go on the runoff, get well out of the way. Yeah, F2 cars now. I'm, I'm, so, you know, if F2, they acknowledge that Monaco requires, you know, if someone pitched Monaco today, if Monaco didn't exist and someone pitched the the same track today and it you didn't have the history, there's there's no chance that gets on the calendar because it's just way too narrow it's way too congested the reason it still exists on the calendar and i'm not saying that's right or wrong that it doesn't get approved but i'm i'm sorry there's no way that it gets on the calendar it's on the calendar because it's because of its history i get it and, and, and i want to maintain that of course just make a couple of little changes you don't have to fundamentally change the sport just a couple of little rule changes for it and again you've already got something different for f2 so 
Why not? Um, right, final, what, 890 votes. So 19%, so about 20% of you love it. About 40% of you think it's good. And the rest, 35% air, 7% bin. I mean, I, I expected um, more anti-Monaco, to be fair. I did expect more anti-Monaco, although the votes have just jumped up now that I've drawn attention to it. So, but, um, The cars 2005 are 4.5 metres, the cars. The F2 cars now are just over 5 metres. There you go, Mason. Yeah, mad. That is actually mad, isn't it? The F2 cars now are bigger than the old F1 cars of like the mid-2000s. But then you go back to the 90s. But I've been I've been lucky enough to you know I've seen like the FW14B in person, and that car's huge. It's massive. Like the the tires are massive on that car, um, but also they were much simpler aero wise. So there was a lot less dirty air. Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, talking of last time, I've had this up on screen. Not really talked about it. Checo's uh, Checo's win converted. Um, Helped massively by Ferrari incompetence, of course, because this was Charles' race to win. And then Ferrari decided to Ferrari, as they often do. Um, look, is it... I'm not... Whether, whether or not Checo crashed on purpose, okay? It, 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 you know, from the way it looks, I feel like, you know, the fact he didn't even attempt to counter-steer um just seemed a bit odd to me but regardless he couldn't have possibly foreseen that the ferrari well maybe he could have actually what am i saying checo couldn't have possibly seen the ferraris messing up well of course <laughs> he must have thought well look as long as i put myself ahead of max then there's a good chance the ferraris will do a ferrari which is exactly what they did and then i can win the race um he knows what he did <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it does look good. But look, I mean, it was a... Actually, I missed Monaco last year. I missed the race. I was I was, I was was doing something. I can't remember why, but I, di I didn't see that race live. Obviously, I saw qualifying live, but I didn't see... Um, but yeah, big brain, big brain move, maybe. He's operating on another level to all of us. And look, this is... You've got to say... Now, this has been a lot of talk, and we've got some Mercedes side posts to talk about. We've got lots of things to talk about, but this surely is the opportunity. This is the opportunity um, for a non-Red Bull car to win a race. If any Grand Prix, you know, because Red Bull could could quite, could, you know, there's <laughs> there's no reason. If I had to put money on it, you'd think if if Red Bull win this race, if a Red Bull car, Perez or, or Verstappen, wins this race, then it's looking good for a Red Bull clean sweep. I'm not going to lie. Because, you know, it, this track plays least to their strengths more than any other. Um, Aston Martin win. We'll see because Fernando's been... Uh, Fernando's been... Has he been cursing it though? Has is, is he been jinxing himself? Um, by dropping all these little not-so-subtle hints that this is the place where Fernando wins. What is it? 28th of the 5th, which you add 28 and 5 together, it's 33, and that's how many races, race wins Fernando's going for. But that's also Max Verstappen's driver number. So, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael, you said it at the same time as me. Exactly. Um, 33 is coming. Look, 
I'd love to sit, of course. Especially as, when you look at the driver standings after six of 23 rounds, because again, Imola was a round that didn't count, but I'm still going to put it in here. Fernando is, I say only, he's only 30 points behind Checo. Mm. I just spilt my drink down me. Um, he's only 30 points behind Checo, which is not insurmountable. That's kind of one DNF and one race win for, you know, if Fernando Alonso wins this, if Fernando Alonso wins and Checo DNFs, for example, there's, there's five points between them. Now, look, if my grandmother had wheels, she'd have been a bike. Is that the, is that the, I, I, ne- I can never get that one right. I think, I think that's the, the saying, isn't it? Um... I think Albon, 18th wash driver. You know what I should actually do? Oh, man, yeah. From the next, um, from the post-race stream, what I'll do is I will not just have driver standings, but I'll also have average finishing position because this doesn't tell us much. You know, Sonoda average finishing position has been quite significantly better than Joe going use, for example. Yeah, he's 16th. So, and, and I think average finishing position gives a more fair reflection of where everyone is. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll see. It's not unthinkable that Alonso beats Perez in the standings. No, it isn't. It, I don't think it is, Selda. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that... I think I... St- our best hope, yeah, for sure, is is a Verstappen Perez fight because that's the thing. Red Bull aren't gonna stop developing their car. They're not just gonna be like, oh, okay, we'll just slow down so that everyone can catch up. You know, they're not gonna do that. Mercedes didn't do that. Red Bull didn't do that with Vettel. Ferrari didn't do that with Schumacher. That's not gonna happen. So, <laughs> Bones Bones predicting a Sonoda P11 for. Ah, oh, please no. I can't handle Yuki keep getting near the points and not in them. Um, it's just it's just too much. It's just too much, Bone mate. It's too much. Shall, shall, shall I do my um, J-Bone? That's my, that's my version. It's not quite as good as the original, but and I've probably blown everyone's... Uh, uh, everyone who's listening via uh, headphones. I apologise. But when when Bones in town, you got a uh, you got a J Bone, didn't you? <laughs> Look at how low Leclerc is as well, man. It's, it's so tragic. Thirty four points, man. It's not good. It's not good. The wind tunnel clearly doesn't have that beginning effect if you have if you have new e. That's the, look. It, it's all about. And actually, if you watched my latest video that I put out this morning, it's all about F one budgets in, in two thousand eight. The amount, this stupid amount of money people were spending, there is no correlation. In two thousand eight, in two thousand eight, um, Red Bull and Toro Rosso, their joint budget was still less than Sauber, less than Ferrari, less than Renault, less than Honda, less than Toyota. With two teams, like it's 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 mad. And, I mean, Sauber could have won the championship if they didn't how it to their uh, season into the side of a hill. Sad times, but, yeah, it's, uh, 
there's there's not a lot to fight for at the front, but there's certainly still a lot to fight for through the rest. It's not just about who wins. Obviously, that is the main thing. But there's everyone else. I mean, look, you've got, what, three drivers on two points, two on four, two on six. Things, things will... Um, I mean, this, like, lower midfield this year is going to be, like, nine impossible to predict because you've got... You've got four teams that are clear of the rest on pace. So there's only then, as long as they don't break down and have any incidents, then there's only two positions left to actually divvy out. You know what I mean? Uh, thank you, Molly May, as well. Didn't know you were a fan. Uh, the 199. Appreciate it. Um, right, okay. So they're the driver standings after six of 23 rounds. Max Verstappen, 119. Perez, 105. Alonso, 75. So, again, this might not be... The uh, the weekend that Red Bull take it, but ultimately, from a constructor's point of view, this is a done deal. This is a done deal. Okay, it's done. It's finished. Pack it up. Go home. Give them the trophy. But good thing that apart from the teams themselves, the fans don't really aren't really fussed about the uh, constructor standings at the end of the day, are they? Um, I mean, look at how successful McLaren have been. They've not won a constructor since 1998. So, you know. How many points did Alonso get last season? Good question, Hamza. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Someone in someone in chat, how many points did, um, did Alonso get last season in the Alpine? Because he was uh, closing up to Ocon towards the end, but couldn't outscore him. But that's mainly because of Alpine problems. Um... So yeah, 224 Red Bull, 102 for Aston Martin. Mercedes though, close, 96. Bear in mind as well, um, the end of next month, so in about a month's time, so 30th of June, is when the ACR resets. So Red Bull will still have their punishment, their additional 7% less ATR time from, was it October last year that they were given that punishment? Um, Aston Martin have got 100% because they were P7 but if if the constructors stay as they are with Red Bull, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari then after June 30th Aston Martin's ATR will go down from 100% to 75 so while they've got this time now hopefully because again this, this has been ATR time that they've been using for you know six months now Hopefully they're they've been able to actually optimize and, and make the most of it, you know. Hopefully, hopefully because they look like our best hope of a multi-team scrap, unless of course the Mercedes upgrades just blow up the universe with their impeccableness. But we'll see. We shall see. Right. Okay. Cool. Predictions time. Predictions time. 2023, Monaco, a track where we're not expecting Red Bull. I mean, look, it's been close in qualifying, most qualifying sessions this year. And because Red Bull struggles to heat up his front tyres, because of its anti-dive suspension, which everyone's losing their mind about Mercedes now having anti-dive suspension, blah, blah, blah. Um, because of those factors, you've got to think that this is as good an opportunity as any for not only someone else to out-qualify Red Bull, because, you know, Charles done it twice already, uh, both in Baku, 
but then also to convert that in the race because of Monaco, because of what it is. Now, Molly May, again, thank you, Molly May, again. If Alonso beats Checo, does it mean trouble? Trouble for Checo, I'm assuming you mean? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I think the gap as it is between Checo and Max, I think Red Bull will be quite happy with that. It, it's, it's not so big that Checo's not up there to kind of support Max somewhat, but it's not so small that Checo's going to really mount a title challenge on Max over the course of a full race, um, a full season. So I think it's about right, to be honest. I mean, again, in my 2008 video, you had Kovalainen finishing seventh and now only got on the podium three times, including a win, three times all season. Hamilton won the championship that year. And 2008 is not remembered for Ferrari winning the Constructors. It's remembered for Hamilton winning the Drivers' Championship on the final corner of the last lap. Obviously, that's that's added. But people remember who which driver won the Drivers' title because that's what fans actually care about. Um, but yes, anyway, anyway, is that Glock? Hello, Frodo. Shall we have a look at your predictions? I um, posted these this morning. We got just over a thousand of you. I was late because I was adding the numbers in really last minute and I didn't give myself enough time because I'm an idiot. You'd think I'd know by now how much time I need to give myself for these, but there you go. Right, let's have a look. Let's see what you lot think. Boom. 1,003 votes. Unsurprisingly, a certain Spanish head appears twice here. Although, the is the second head slightly um, bigger than the first one? Hang on. This is going to bother me. Is it? Or is it? No, it is the same. Cool. That's just my eyes deceiving me. Um, so, right. With 1,003 votes, your race winner with 34% of the vote is Fernando Alonso. 23% um, of the vote goes to Max Verstappen. 21 Charles Leclerc. 15% of the vote goes to Checo. Sergio Perez. It does look, it does look bigger, doesn't it? But it isn't. I've just proved that it isn't, but it still looks bigger. Yeah, optical illusion. Magic optical illusion. Exactly. Um, Worldy Drive once again goes to Fernando Alonso, 30% of the vote. Charles Leclerc, 14. Lando Norris, 13. So a bit of love for McLaren. At least they'll look good, even if they're slow. And 7% to Lewis Hamilton. Stinker Drive. I've not had to change this face once all season, I swear. Uh, maybe once I had to change it to Logan. But Nick DeVries, unfortunately for him, he's in stinker drive, 32% of the vote. Um, Leclerc, Hamilton, Sargent on 12, 10 and, 11, and 8%, sorry, um, respectively. Uh, thank you, Enarian, uh, for watching this in post. I appreciate that. Um, if you're here live or if you're here after the fact, then either or. Hey, if you're watching this after the fact now, um, type, type Lipton in the comments. I had a peach iced tea earlier. Very nice. Um, if, you, if you're uh, watching this after the fact on YouTube, type Lipton in the comments. Then I know. Then I, I see you. You can type it in the live chat as well yourself, but um, if you want, it's up to you. <laughs> no, it's not le It's peach iced tea, not lemon iced tea. Um, Worldy team, Aston Martin, 33% of the vote. Boom. Do you remember when we um, broke the Alpine live stream? Because all of you lot went and spammed like Tomo in the Alpine car reveal chat or something. It was, I remember being really like, oh God, I was like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? 
I wonder Alpine won't respond to my emails about um, borrowing a A110 because I'd love that. I'd love to borrow an A110. Or just, you know, they could just give one to me. That would be nice. Um, could Mert be on the pace, Luna? Two quid, appreciate it. Thank you. Big question. That is that is the big question, isn't it? There's obviously a lot of hype and excitement around who could potentially win this race because it's not looking like a Red Bull done deal like it typically is. But where's Mercedes going to be? How big is this upgrade actually going to be? Because they weren't able to test the upgrade in Imola. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll, we'll go team by team. But cheers, Luna. I appreciate the support. Um, so yeah, 33% of you think worldy team Aston Martin. 19% Red Bull. 18% Ferrari. 15% Mercedes. And then Stinker Team, 17%. This is quite an even spread, actually. So stink, Stinker Team, you gave it to Mercedes. 17% of the vote. But then Williams, 15. Alfa Romeo, 14. 11% for McLaren. So how dare you say Minton is is worse than Lipton? What is what is wrong with you? Awful. Shocking behaviour. Um, okay, so they're your predictions. My predictions, I do mine before I see yours because I don't want to be influenced by, even subconsciously, by what you, you weirdos think. And mine are as follows. I've gone Charles Leclerc race win. Come on. Come on, that Ferrari, man, in the hands of Charles Leclerc. He has to break the curse eventually. And this is the time. I don't know if you've seen as well, I shared it on Twitter earlier, his, him and Arta as well, his brother, wearing a really nice tribute helmets um, from their dad's old lid. Because um, Papa Leclerc, Herve, he used to race and raced around Monaco a few times. Not in F1, but he used to race. And they've basically both got his exact helmet design, like the base design, and then in like red and white. But then Arta's got it in red and white. And then Leclerc's got all the bits that Arta has in red and white. And it's just like a reversed version. So that's really sweet. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, Leclerc's been, you know, he's been the master of his own downfall many a time in his own career. But ultimately... When when he's not been playing catch up, when he's not been pushing, which look ultimately it's your job to to push and not crash, of course. But I I I do believe in Charles. I do think Charles unreal. I do really think he's he's right up there with Max. He just needs that a package that he can believe in, a team that he can trust in. Which I don't think Ferrari be in that team right now and haven't been for a while. Um, and this is the time that the curse breaks. So, you heard it here first. Well, he drive Pierre Gasly. Um, Gasly's been doing okay in the Alpine, but I think this is kind of a... This is ultimately now kind of home Grand Prix for the French drivers now that we don't have a French Grand Prix anymore. So, it's as close as they're going to get to a home Grand Prix now. And, yeah, there are sirens in the background. I don't know what's going on. And I feel good about Pierre. I think he's going to have a good weekend so far. Stinker, I've gone Russell... And I've gone stinker Mercedes as well. I just think, you know, these upgrades that they're brought in, obviously we've seen the side pods. We'll look at the images in a bit. I've got them all prepped and ready. Um, you know, with the side pods coming in, I'm just, it's really not ideal. 
obviously they couldn't just you can't just take the side pods off like it's all fundamental stuff that they were going to bring to Imola they couldn't Monaco's not the place you really want to be testing new parts I mean it's better than not doing it at all of course but it's not ideal and I mean we saw Aston Martin completely change their side pods last season and it didn't have a massive impact on their immediate pace however it was part of a longer term plan on developing the car i'm not expecting a massive jump up in mercedes performance i think this is a necessary evolution in their understanding they're the only team who's not run with side pods like for you know a year and a half now so they need to understand and get on top of it i'm not expecting much from the mercedes boys and i've gone with george worldy team ferrari again i feel like this track works suits their yeah if they can just get Charles on pole, then they should be good to cook. And surely Ferrari can't make a strategy blunder two years in a row in Monaco to deny themselves a win. That can't possibly happen. There's zero percent chance that happens. So confirmed. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> okay, so they're my predictions. We'll see. We'll see who comes out on top. Right. Upgrades. Let's have a look now. So, if you haven't seen, these are the big, juicy new side pods on the side of the Mercedes W14. So, they look pretty, pretty standard. Um, they've not got the big undercut in the middle of them like the Aston Martin ones do. But there is thickness there. They are still small. Yes, Honza, I, I would say... You know, you look at the image at the top. Um, again, sorry, sorry, audio-only listeners, but we are just talking through images of the new side pods on the Mercedes. So you're just going to have to close your eyes and envisage it. Um, <laughs> but it's a standard kind of downwash into the into the diffuser that we come to expect from all of the side pods now. And the opening is does look fairly significantly smaller. I would say then, well, it, it, it's a bit taller, but I, I don't know whether it's actually taller or if it's just like proportionally, it's a bit more square than the other side pod inlets we're seeing. So half-assed side pod. <laughs> well, I'd like to think they've not half-assed it, but um, we'll see. Adrian, audio listeners be Adrian New. Exactly, exactly. Come on, you can do it. But yeah, I mean, look, it, it's a. It'll be interesting to see. We, we've not seen any imagery yet of the car all put together. We're just seeing, you know, the bits and bobs, um, different angles. There's also big changes. I haven't got images on screen. Big changes to the suspension as well. Uh, Mercedes. And I've been learning a bit about anti-dive. Just watching the race videos. It's quite helpful. Um, anti-dive suspension helps run the car lower. Um more efficiently and better over curbs but then you do sacrifice a bit of braking performance you're a bit more likely to lock up but that seems to be the more performance that anti-dive style of suspension seems to have a higher seems to have a higher ceiling than a more standard approach so has scarb said anything not sure actually i haven't seen any tweets from scarbs but but maybe he has i wouldn't be surprised so yeah, significant changes aesthetically to the Mercedes. Whether they'll make an immediate difference, I very much doubt it. I very much doubt it. Maybe they'll 
maybe a couple of tenths, but I, I can't see this making a huge difference. And again, it's going to be difficult to get a real measure of the effectiveness of these upgrades around Monaco. But we'll see. New diffuser as well. I'm not, to be honest, Charmander, I'm not sure outside of this. So yeah, maybe there is a new, diff new diffuser as well. Again, side pods are the clear and obvious visual thing that we see that change, we think, oh, it's a big deal. But bear in mind that the overwhelming majority of downfalls in these F1 cars is generated on the floor. So you can change your side pods all you like. There's a reason that, you know, Mercedes could win a race last year with like no side pods. Um, the floor is the bigger factor in all this. And you've got to think that with Mercedes' approach, with Mercedes' experience, with James Allison coming back into this kind of car management development role, that the pieces are starting to fall into place for Mercedes. It's just, it's a huge ask for them not to just catch Red Bull, but overtake them in a philosophy that Red Bull have been, you know, they've been on that path now for a year and a half. Mercedes are just jumping onto that path seemingly. That's where it's that that's where it's a huge ask for anyone anyone to catch Red Bull. But you've got to think with, with Mercedes kind of experience and their their know-how and all that, they are the team to do it. But we'll see. I won in Brazil because of the limit. Oh yeah, exactly. And that win in Brazil as well was just as much because of Red Bull struggling and Red Bull getting stuff wrong, which then Mercedes got what they needed to get right, won the race and then that probably gave them false hope, you know. Maybe Red Bull threw that race on purpose. They were like, oh, we'll just let Mercedes think they've got a really good concept. <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened, right? Yeah, again, it looks like a big step. But is one thing... Again, this is why I referenced Aston Martin last year. They, they brought new side pods. Their performance didn't really change. It took time. It's going to take time. Patience is a virtue in this. Right. Let's look at the McLaren. I'll tell you what, right? And again, the top, the, if, you're, if you're watching, you can see we've got two images here. So the top image is the McLaren that we'll be seeing this weekend on their show car at the MTC anyway. Um, the bottom image is me removing the Google on the wheel covers, which makes it look... Oh, I'm blurry. Why am I blurry? Camera, why, why, why am I blurry? Stop being weird. There we go. Um, for me, this is a banger. It's a banger. I love it. And it is a cigarette car as well, isn't it? Because you've got the orange, the white, and then the black. It does look like a cigarette, but it is beautiful. I love it. But it's even better with black wheel covers. I'm sorry, Google Chrome. Um, you've got, look, you've got a big Google Chrome on the white side pod, on the front wing as well. You don't need the wheel covers as well. The wheel covers, like, they're clever. It's a smart idea. But it just, oh, it looks so mean with just the black wheel covers. It looks so good. So good. Like, I know people say, oh, you wanted the orange. Like, it doesn't, like, this is sick. This is sick. Like, yes, of course, yeah, if you had the white nose, it would also be cool. If you had an orange nose, it would also be cool. If it was more of a straight up, because, look, if, if you change the where the black is to orange, up until the bottom of the four, and then you had white on the front, it would literally be the Marlboro McLaren, um, just with orange instead of red. But I like this as it is, man. This is nice. This is really nice. Well, what do you think? Actually, what do you think? Let's get a poll going. Uh, what do you think 
type what do you think of the oh my what is wrong with me today mclaren special edition monaco ivory i'm gonna give four options again so is it a banger is it decent is it eh or is it awful what do you think what do you think chat give me out of four please please white wheel covers oh yeah that's that's a bit more awkward to photoshop um now nah, black wheel covers man black wheel covers go hard on this they really do um now again if mclaren is slow at least they'll be slow in style because we still really haven't seen the mclaren pace because there's always been an issue there's been either a driver's ill or the car's unreliable or there's damage through no fault of their own like in saudi arabia you know it's it, it, it's kind it's kind of annoying it, it's kind of annoying that we don't really still know where they are yet but this livery is a, is a worldie come on no that's the thing you say they say that you say that adonis what pace but I do think there is there there is some some good underlying pace in that McLaren. It's just that we haven't really had a chance to see it. Just how good it is. Fifty five percent of you have gone banger. Thirty five percent of you have gone decent. So ninety percent of you think it's at least good. Well done. Well done. Nah, this is this is a this is a worldie, mate. This is a worldie. I won't hear any different. Okay, I won't hear any different. And again, hopefully next season. Because everyone's at the weight limit, no one's having to strip paint because people are going to continue to shed weight and people's you know, teams are starting to add ballast to their cars now, adding weight in particular locations to help with the balance. Um, hopefully from next year onwards, we can get colourful liveries back. There's no excuse from next year onwards. There's no excuse. Fair enough, this year you're struggling to get down to the weight limit. Okay, we'll cut some paint. It's annoying, but I understand it. But now, well... Again, from next year onwards, particularly, no excuse. No excuse. Um, also, right, so 56% of you thought it was a banger. Um, another poll, which do you prefer? Prefer top or bottom? So again, audio-only listeners, I'm sorry, but you, you might have seen a Photoshop. I saw someone else Photoshop this, actually, just with the uh, black wheels, but I thought I'd do my own just for the purpose of this stream, um, with or without the chrome, because I think the, I mean, it, it looks good with it, but I'm still happy with the livery, even with the chrome on the wheels, but without the chrome, with the black, oh, whoo, blimey, it's a worldie, people, it's a worldie, it is a worldie, right, People are actually putting top. Yeah, they are. Yeah, there's, there's some there's some Google uh, employees in the chat. Clearly, shout out. Get my YouTube uh, channel some more reach, please. That'd be nice. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, still look. The, people are allowed to prefer the top one. That's okay. It's a silent minority. Um. Oh. <laughs> uh. Which do you prefer? Oh, that is a bit of a sus question, isn't it? I just prefer. I just re clock that. You filthy, filthy mind, broken record, filthy mind, pixel bougie. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Seventy-seven prefer bottom. There you go. Right. <laughs> 
Okay, let's talk about the teams then. Oh, actually, let's talk about Fantasy League briefly. Uh, this is my team so far. Gasly, Perez, Stroll, Verstappen, Albon, Aston Martin, Red Bull. I will change my team before, but that's my league code if you want to get involved. I'm not doing that great on Fantasy League. I'm not doing wonderfully. I'm not doing terribly. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Right, okay. Teams, teams, Williams, Williams, Williams. Uh, any news about... Oh, yes, Williams have got an announcement at midday tomorrow, which I would be shocked if it isn't a special edition golf livery for the Monaco Grand Prix. Obviously, the Monaco Grand Prix livery for McLaren last year, the golf one, went down an absolute treat. Everyone loved it. And it was great. Banger. Loved it. So, they... <laughs> golf livery. They, um, yeah, they, they haven't confirmed, but midday tomorrow, UK time, I think, UK time and tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. It will be, I guess that's just before practice, isn't it? So I think practice is at one, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ignore your sus comments in the uh, in the live chat and just carry on with the uh, stream. But yeah, last to last. Oh, yeah, true. I did mean last to last year. You're right, you're right, Pranav. Year before last, um, 2021. Other than that, is there much to say on Alex and Logan? Alex is driving well. Logan's good first race in Bahrain has struggled somewhat since then. But yeah, Monaco is a difficult track as well. That's the thing. I, I think drivers who aren't confident are going to really struggle here. And I don't expect, I'm not expecting too much from Logan this weekend. Yeah, that McLaren is all about straight line speed and is not about downfalls. So Williams, I expect them to be firmly within the mud this weekend, but I hope to be proven wrong. I do. I really do. Um, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Tauri. So Nick DeVries has addressed, there's been obviously various questions. I've talked about it. Many other YouTube creators have talked about it. Many, uh, journalists have talked about it and many fans have been talking about it because you know it's not been a strong start to the season five races in he's looked convincingly outperformed by Yuki Tsunoda um, he said it himself you know it's to be expected if you're not performing then there's going to be questions especially given he's not a rookie rookie um, which is unfortunately it's fair like this is what happens in sport um, when you're not performing and there's not enough context of being a rookie or, you know, being fresh-eyed or whatever. Um, you're going to get things brought into question. It's, it's how you respond from that, you know. It's, it's how you react to it. And unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be the race for Nick to react to it. Because, again, Monaco punishes you if you don't have that ultimate confidence in your car. Because it's all about qualifying. If you can't qualify well, it doesn't matter about your race pace. If you can't qualify well, you're done. You are finished. So, Formula E has a faster lap than the 2022 F1 car. Is that true, Vic? That's pretty cool. That is true. Um, yeah, there's going to be questions around Nick until his performances improve. We'll see. As for Yuki, yeah, look, Yuki's driving. It's kind of the polar opposite. He seems to be driving with a lot of confidence in that car. So I'm not expecting a bad result from Yuki whatsoever. I mean, the AlphaTauri, 
again, it's got in the points or close to the points every single race this year. So, apart from the sprint in Baku. Yeah, I was going to say, the, I'm sure, I, I thought the former he had a different layout. But yeah, you're live and it's not 4am. I don't, I don't aim to go live at 4am. That's not the, um, that's not the goal, but you know, you're from, well, let me know chat. Where, where are you in the world? Let's, let's give an idea to everyone watching of how, um, international we are. Canada. Two from Canada. Big up Toronto. Not been to Toronto. Vancouver though. Beautiful place. Netherlands, Scotland, UK, Canada, Greece, Greece, two, two Greece. Big up. India, Lithuania. Norway, France, Wales, Australia, Germany, South Africa, Wisconsin, Ottawa, La La Lagos, La 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 Lagos, Lagos, Lagos. I don't, I've forgotten how to pronounce. <laughs> Is it Lagos? No, it's Lagos, isn't it? My 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 in my southern Englishness wants to go Lagos, or is it Lagos? I don't even know. Uh, Tokyo, love it. Birmingham, Uganda, Czech Republic, Guyana, Bristol, Connecticut, South Africa. Oh, it is Lagos. I don't need. I need to look it up because <laughs> I can't trust chat to tell me the right um, pronunciation. Korea, love it. See, look, so something for every time zone. Something for every time zone. Okay. It's Lagos. I thought it was Lagos. <laughs> also, obviously with Yuki and the recent news about Aston Martin's Honda deal, which is coming. I, I did a stream about that yesterday. And Honda, Sonoda, he is a part of the Honda Formula Dream program. Uh, strong strong tyres to Honda, as Yuki Sonoda. Obviously, that's a long way off. Yeah, Fernando and Stroll, that's not a lineup that's changing changing anytime soon. Does call into question... I, I, think, I think if Lawrence Stroll wants Aston Martin to win a driver's title with Fernando Alonso, is the driver most likely of him and Lance, of course, then... I think they can keep Lance Stroll. I don't think there's an issue. If they want to win a constructors title, they can't. They don't do that with Lance Stroll in that second car because he's just not quite good enough. And we've seen enough of Lance to know that I think he's. I can't see his ceiling going that much higher, considering this is what his eighth year in F one. I think seventeen was his first season, wasn't it? So it's not eighth. So 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, this is his seventh season in Formula 1. Um, yeah, I can't see his ceiling going much higher. A driver like Yuki Tsunoda, alongside Fernando, could be really exciting. Then that obviously... Yeah, the question's already been asked. Martin Whitmarsh has already been quoted being very complimentary of Yuki because obviously that question has been asked and Yuki's already been asked about it and he's like, well, that's too far away for me to think about, which is fair. So then it's like, Red, what do Red Bull do? Do Red Bull, does that put some pressure on Red Bull 
Probably not, because Alonso Stroll aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So they're quite content keeping Yuki in the AlphaTauri seat. But again, the longer Yuki keeps performing, the more that a potential swap could maybe happen. It's hard to say. AI Alonso, Owasa 2026. Yeah, you've got Owasa coming through as well, exactly. You know, both Yuki and Yumu are Honda drivers, but also Red Bull drivers. So I'm not sure, like, how much how much control does Red Bull have over their contracts? How much control does Honda have over their contracts? Now that Honda and Red Bull are, you know, because they're currently still together, but they won't be. You know, there's still a Honda logo on the side of the Red Bull right now. But they won't be from 2026 onwards. So, and by the looks of it, Aston Martin are going to be one of Red Bull's most direct competitors. So it's interesting. It's it's uh, maybe not a, a problem right now. But if Yuki keeps performing and keeps proving how good he is, then, yeah, yeah I don't know how that plays out. Because he's, he's a super exciting prospect. And what, Yuki's still only... Yuki Tsunoda is... How old is he? He's 23. 23. So he's still a little baby. He's still a wee baby. Do you think Lawrence would actually kick out his son? Look, I... I, I don't know. We'll talk about Aston Martin now. Sod it. Um... It all really depends on... Well, it depends, A, because Lawrence Stroll owns that team, but it's not like he has 100% control. There is a board of directors. Um, again, there's a board at Aston Martin. You know, I don't know if... You know, say there was a mutiny with inside that team because they were like, Lawrence, we're so close to winning something and we need a better driver than Lance, but you won't get rid of him because he's your son. You know, like... I'm not sure. I don't know what the balance is there. Look, Lance is not a bad driver, again, by any stretch. And you look at so many instances, you know, Barrichello was significantly slower than Schumacher and that didn't stop Schumacher winning title after title after title. Um, you had, again, Kovalainen when Hamilton won in 2008 was way off, but that didn't stop Lewis winning. It d depends on what... And obviously a constructors means a lot to a team. I get why it means a lot to a team. We we as fans typically don't really care about constructors. But from a team's point of view, you know, we are the winning team. It's not just having the winning driver, it's the winning team as well. You know, Mercedes, you know, when they were winning, they, they would celebrate the constructors almost, if not more maybe, than the driver's title like internally. So it's... It just really does depend. You, you want that number one, two driver if you want to win driver's tiles, which they do have. So, it's pros and cons, isn't it? There's there's always going to be pros and cons, ultimately, but we'll see. But it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Apparently, um, I was reading articles like Honda were pitching to, to various teams, not just Aston Martin. Apparently, Williams, McLaren were also uh, in discussions with Honda and they've decided to go with Aston Martin with like a works deal there's always the potential for other teams to take on Honda power units but the whole point is that they get their own engine they get more control they get this exclusive relationship so 
it remains to be seen whether any other teams will get Honda Power units in the back of them. Be, we'll see. Like McLaren Honda, I mean, you can you can never write it off, right? But then surely Aston Martin wouldn't be happy about that because they're like, well, hang on, guys. Like, we're meant to be exclusive. You're going to work with us to win world titles exclusively and now you're going and getting in bed. Again, it's a work deal, so that implies exclusivity, but it doesn't necessarily mean it. So Maybe I am Nikos. Maybe I am just waffling. That's what I do best, you know? That's fine. No one wants a Renault engine. Yeah, sad. Sad. Sadness. Also, um, back to Alpha Tauri, because, look, again, how much can you trust what these team principals say? Debatable, but apparently... Um, it's been confirmed now that Alpha Tauri is no longer for sale. Now, obviously, this is something I've been talking about for a long time. The idea that I think that team should should have been sold, or how does it make sense for you know them to carry on running that team? Um, you know, having one fifth of the grid owned by one company as well isn't ideal. Ideally, that wouldn't be a thing. Ideally, it would be an independent running that team. But regardless. Um, it looks like they saw offers, they weren't happy with what they were getting offered and so they've taken that off of the table. They're going to keep the team in fines off from what I've read anyway. Again, you can find the articles yourself. Um, from what I've read, they're going to plan on keeping the team in fines off but moving a bigger component of the team to the UK just to, I guess from just an efficiency point of view and rolling it into to Milton Keynes. I, I I agree. I agree. It should be. Um, it would be exciting to see another team to come in and take it over, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And yeah, I mean, I don't love the concept. I, I've never. I, I, it 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 doesn't sit massively well with me. Like over time, I've come to accept that you know there's two Red Bull teams, and as much as they like to influence. Um, express you know there's a big difference between the teams and i don't i don't, don't disagree you know uh, you know has to take more from red bull than sorry has to take more from ferrari than alpha Tari take from red bull i get that but it's just i'd just rather it not be a thing again like they could use red bull could use Toro rosso as a proving ground for honda in what 2018 17 whenever because Toro Rosso took the Honda engines one year before Red Bull it's little things like that it's just like oh it's just like come on it, it doesn't feel and it probably is more fair than we feel like it is but it just doesn't feel it's like ah, oh. it'd be like I don't know it'd be like two Premier League clubs being owned by yeah it'd be like two Red Bull teams in the Bundesliga or whatever Leipzig and you know I, I, you just wouldn't feel like it's not ideal. I don't have a massive problem with it more because I've just come to accept it, you know. But fundamentally, ideally, it wouldn't because it just the, the the metrics just don't look great. You know what I mean? But Man City and Man Town. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Team principals say things all the time, so it could still be for sale. Alfa Romeo. Oh, awful Romeo, should I say. Any strong opinions in Man Village? <laughs> man Village. Man Athletic. Any any thoughts on Alfa, um, Awful Romeo? 
AlphaTauri fans, they're, they're, no, Fienza fans, you know, I'm, I'm, they've got a little good little cult Italian fan base. But a lot of that will be like old Minardi fans, you know. Even like even Toro Rosso. Did you agree here? I felt Toro Rosso had a bit more charm than AlphaTauri does. Because it feels like it's more bait that like they're just promoting the clothing brand. I don't know, maybe maybe that's just me. I feel like Toro Rosso just had a little bit it felt it felt even though it's still owned by Red Bull, even though nothing's changed, it's just a name. It just felt more like Yeah, it felt less corporate. Yeah. I don't know. Um and they're banging liveries, which did help. True. Yeah, awful Romeo. What how do you solve a problem like awful Romeo? Oh, Salva man. Just stop being average. It, 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 they're in this position where it's okay, it's not great, their car's not fantastic, it's a bit of a Frankenstein, it's got little bits of all these different cars glued together. I'm, of course, simplifying it. But it's not... It's... Mm, Salva wish they were average. That's the problem now, though, because it's like it's very easy now, because Williams have stepped up, because AlphaTauri have stepped up as well. So, like... We we say oh maybe the AlphaTauri is the slowest car, but Yuki's got in the points or close to the, or P eleven every single race, so it can't be that bad. And you've got drivers, yeah, you've got Bottas and Joe who are two very good drivers. Of course, I don't think Bottas is is doing what he should be doing. I don't think he's delivering the he's leading that team like I think, in my opinion, Alfa Romeo Sauber would have ex expected him to. The start of last season was fantastic, but but since kind of Canada onwards, it's Canada after, should I say, because they were both in the points last year. But it's I just not got much to say. <laughs> I wish I had more to say. It feels like our oh, Audi just please just just put your stickers on the team now, please. Like you already own twenty five percent. Audi already own twenty five percent of Alfa Romeo Sauber. The Aframau deal ends at the end of this year, so it will just be Sauber from next year, unless Audi do decide to put their, you know, branding on it from next season, which they could do. They're they're entitled to do that. I can't see next year this being a competitive car, so why would Audi put their stickers on a suboptimal? Would they rather wait until twenty twenty six where they think they've got a banger? But again, maybe they wait to twenty twenty six and roll out the the, the Audi F one car, and it's. Seventh quickest again, you know. Yeah, I feel like we we are just waiting, just just waiting for time to tick down on this team until Audi take over. I've got very little to say about Alfa Romeo. Shame. Hass, here we go. Oh, actually, oh, and thank you, uh, Wichita, for for joining friends of Tom. I appreciate it. I wanted to show you because you know Palm Angels sponsor Hass. Right. Oh, the battery's dead on the camera. But usually, usually I noticed that beforehand. All right, I'm going to change the battery pack. Don't worry, camera. Don't, don't, don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me. On there, it goes. It goes rainbow. Okay. And then you put the camera back, and then you put a fresh battery in, and then boom, we are back. 
Right, I want to find... So, you know Palm Angels sponsor Haas? They've done like a clothing um, collaboration. And it's very not Haas. Is that the best way of putting it? It's very not Haas. Like, right, let, let me just... Uh, let me Hang on, let me sort out screen share. Let me put that there. Again, sorry, audio-only listeners, but look it up. Hass Palm Angels. Uh, let's put the that one on, and then if we do this one. There we go. Lovely. So this is the little um, promo for the Hass Palm Angels. Some kind of helmet, weird, right? So scroll down. And you've got these like these look quite cool. They look very um they look very ASSC, which is this this hat. Right? Like cool, nice, nice big oversized graphics. Like okay, interesting. It's like Miami t shirt, whatever, right? And and these cost a ton as well. Palm Angels is super expensive. Like imagine like Otmar, not Otmar. <laughs> imagine Otmar as well. Imagine Gunter Steiner. Pulling up in in like in this fit, like it would be pretty crazy. And like this, like this. I mean, this hood is nice, man. Like I, I like it, but I don't like the price. Look, seven hundred and fifty dollars for this hoodie. Seven hundred and fifty for a Hass Palm Angels hoodie. I mean, again, it's not. They don't have the Hass logo on it, so it's kind of like it's inspired by Hass, and it says like Hass in the URL at the top. But um, and like these shoes are a bit. I mean, look, that's $750 for these, man. Some Palm Angel trainers. Like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Like, I get, yeah, rich, expensive, high fashion exists, right? I understand that. But, f I mean, 485 for that T-shirt. I, mean, I, I, I like the design. Like, it's a nice T-shirt. Like, if, if I could get that T-shirt for, like, 50 quid, yeah, sure, why not? I, I'd get it. It's nice. It's, not, it's a nice T-shirt, but not 485 man. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that shirt's quite nice as well. Like, you're just getting free promo now, Palm Angels Hash. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk. Look, I, I, I like my, um, I like my fashion. So, and it just didn't feel very Hass. But <sighs> is there much going on Hass wise? Is there much to talk about Hass wise? Hass wise? Again, I guess similar to Ferrari, if we're expecting good pace from Ferrari here, then maybe Haas as well. Because, uh, you know, they do share the most with Ferrari um, than any other kind of team collaboration. So... Yeah, we move. McLaren. <laughs> McLaren. Oh, I just... The thing, I, I don't think McLaren are, like, they're, they're going to be, like, sixth, aren't they? They're maybe going to be ahead of Alpine. But I feel like they're probably going to be sixth. So it's, it's, it's a shame. It's disappointing. But McLaren high drag won't show on this track. It's a good point, Dominic. It's a good point. Again, you've got to think maybe, you know, this is one of those opportunities for McLaren. They do have a very draggy car. Them and Mercedes. So, and they're not 
bring in a massive new upgrade, at least as far as I'm aware, relative to how big um, Mercedes is. Mercedes is, is anyway. Also, thank you, Kev Kosk, for joining Friends of Tom. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, I believe in the updates. Well, look, Masab, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta believe, McLaren fans. You gotta believe, okay? You gotta believe. Livery's a banger. Livery's a banger, no doubt. Sell it, sell it, just sell it. Well, Audi wanted to buy McLaren, didn't they? That's that's where they went before Sauber. Um, maybe because Sider was already there, and then Sider was like, you know what? I want to go live back in in Europe, so mainland Europe anyway. So. Let's, let's just go Sauber, both of us. Boom. Norris wasting his time at McLaren. The thing is for Lando, like, right now, is there, is there a better option for him? Like, right now, he's driving really well. He's comfortably on top of his teammate again. Like, Piastri is closer than Ricardo was, which I proved in my video. Um, but he's still, like, you know, he's got the measure of Piastri. He's in a good position. He's in a team that, you know, is a very valuable team in terms of it's you know profile and that's not going to hurt him in the short term you know the red bull is the only team that can win races on pace right now if there were three four teams and mclaren wasn't one of them that could win races on pace right now then okay it's a different conversation the only opportunity is red bull and if he was to go to red bull you know you've got max verstappen as your teammate so you know, the chance of winning races, sure, is there, but winning championships is going to be difficult. It, it's surely better to for him to bank on McLaren actually doing what they've promised for so long and actually getting back to the top. And he be the driver spearhead in that than going to Red Bull and having a, you know, the other garage to battle with first and foremost. So, yeah, I mean, Mercedes would be silly to not evaluate Lando as an option for when Lewis eventually retires. We just don't know. I, you know, how much does Lewis's future depend on, on the quality of this upgrade? Hard to say, but that that's just the way it works, isn't it, with with driver transfers. You know, it took Vettel retiring. Think uh, think of when um, Ricardo moved to Renault. All of the, you know, because Ricardo moved to Renault, which means Gasly got promoted, Hartley got dropped, so then Kvyat and Albon got bought in. Both who'd been dropped by Red Bull. Like the the knock-on effect of one thing, Vettel retiring, then Alonso moves, then Piastri moves, like it all just then Gasly moves, then De Vries comes in. Like it's the knock-on effect. And it just takes one domino to fall. And whether that domino is Hamilton retiring, whether that domino is anyone else retiring, like or someone changing team, like it's, it, it, it's hard to say, but he's in a good place for now, like, I, I don't think a move to Red Bull would be the right one for him, I just think, you know, s stick where you are, you're doing bits now, keep on doing those bits, and then see what happens, Alpine is just French, yes, they are French, Um, yeah, I look, I, I've got a lot of love for, Pierre and Esteban, I do. They're they're they're, they're two drivers that I, I I really do hold in hold in high regards, and I think Gasly's doing a really good job, given the context of it's been a difficult start to the season for the team. No clear team leader, true, which isn't the end of the world right now. 
because they're not fighting at the front. Um, but of course, for their own egos. Like I mean, Pierre's got the measure on Esteban in terms of points, in terms of head-to-head quality and head-to-head race so far, but we're only five. We've only had five events, haven't we? So time will tell from Alpine. Time will tell. Please, Alpine, give me an A110. I really like that. I love the A110. Yeah, Ferrari, good weekend, I think, is on the cards. Um, I do think that... Look, obviously, again, I made a video earlier this week addressing the whole Hamilton to Ferrari rumours. To me, that doesn't that only makes sense as a backup for if Leclerc leaves. Because if Leclerc was to go to Mercedes, then the best thing that Ferrari could do is get Hamilton as a swap. That's the only way that makes any sense to me. Otherwise, it, it doesn't. Otherwise, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, maybe to replace science, Hamilton, Leclerc would be vibes, incredible vibes. But again, I think science is doing enough. He's close enough, enough of the time to be that ideal number two driver. You know, if they do eventually get a package to fight at the front, then science isn't going to be close enough to Leclerc now that Leclerc's settled in. You know, there is two, three temps between him, which I think is the perfect gap. So, yeah. But but again, this weekend, they've got a quick car in qualifying. That's what matters around Monaco. You do win the race on Saturday around Monaco most of the time. And fingers crossed, Charles Leclerc, man. I, I, I'm back in Charles this weekend. He's going to do it. And Joseph Smallage made it to a stream. Welcome, Joseph. Appreciate it. For Ricardo to Ferrari, if Charles goes to Mer- well, they, there was talk, wasn't there, Cam? When Science signed for Ferrari, you know whether Ricardo could have potentially gone there as well. Um, didn't happen. But yeah, I mean Ricardo, obviously Italian heritage, he would have loved the Ferrari move. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd have taken that definitely. Again, I I think that if Daniel wants a seat in the top team, he he needs to do something to prove that. He's not yeah, proved the talent that he clearly has and clearly still does have. Like, you don't just lose that. It's just that some top drivers go into situations where they don't look great. But that doesn't mean they've lost their ability. It's like when Vettel got pummeled by Leclerc in 2020 or when, or even Vettel with Ricardo in 2014 as well. You know, Ricardo was the one doing the, he was the young driver making the old established teammate look average and you know sometimes that happens sometimes you have cars that don't suit your style and and you're you're dialed into a style but hopefully hopefully it's not the end for Daniel but if he if he's not happy to settle for a lower team seat then I don't see a route back in um but I mean you look if if Ricardo came into AlphaTauri for the rest of the season did absolute bits and then science properly fell off then Ricardo Leclerc at Ferrari, I think would be, mate, that would be, that would be well exciting. Like, that would be sick. But, I mean, there was talk of like Audi and Science as well, wasn't there? So maybe it's like Science goes to Sauber, replaces one of them, probably Bottas, to be honest. And then Ricardo goes to Ferrari. I don't know. Again, it takes one domino to fall and then all of the rest falls into place, you know? But we'll see. Science won't underperform though. I wouldn't. Science is not doing a great job this year. Like 
I feel like from what from what I've seen from science, I know he's got more points than Leclerc, but like Leclerc had his breakdown in Bahrain. Like the ultimate pace from Leclerc has been quite significantly better than science. I don't know. Yeah, science is doing I'm not saying he's doing bad. I'm just saying science isn't doing particularly well. Like I I he's doing alright, you know? Compared to I think Leclerc showing more pace for sure. Definitely. Um But we'll see. We'll see. Let's say it is, yeah, we've already talked about side pods, blah blah blah. Not much more to say on that. And yeah, look. Just don't shunt it into the wall, boys. Just keep it clean. It's hard around Monaco to keep it clean, but try your best. Try your best. Um, Aston Martin, we've already talked about, and then Red Bull. Look, I mean, Red Bull still surely have to be right up there as, like, close to favourites, surely. Like, come on. This is Red Bull in 2023, surely. But... Anything can happen in qualifying. If I swear to God that if we get the same like shenanigans that we've had in the past with like oh drivers accidentally oversteering in qualifying, like you know Fernando's pulling that if he gets a chance right. By the by the way, in the first run of Q one, if Fernando goes quickest, sorry in Q three, <coughs> first lap in, in Q one, Fernando goes quickest, you know he's going out first second time round and accidentally. Doing a Schumacher Rosberg. Come on. You know he's doing that. That is that is Fernando Alonso Dark Arts 101. You know he's doing it. And and almost in a way, right? If you're Fernando Alonso, if you're Fernando Alonso and you've gone quickest in first run of Q3, and you've gone out first for the second run, would you? I honestly I wouldn't. Like, it would be, it would be, like, close to the whole, like, oh, that feels like, it feels a bit che- like cheating. Like, what Rosberg did, allegedly, what Schumacher did, allegedly. Like, it feels dishonest. It feels unsporting. But you play to the whistle. You play to the rules. And if the rules mean that, like... I, I I can't like I can't get on him for it because you know the rules should change if you red flag a session through crashing then you should lose that lap so if you make a mistake a mistake that results in other people losing their laps and then you benefit it just it doesn't feel sporting but that's kind of what you have to do this is cutthroat. This is Formula One. The the rules should be built in such a way that you don't allow those kind of loopholes to be exploited. And again, this is something that one shot qualifying would solve. So yeah, would be stupid not to do it. It kind of would be stupid not to do it if you can within the rules without getting punished. Because how do you prove it? How do you prove that someone understood on purpose? Someone you know, Fernando's don't. Remember when he did it at Baku when Alonso went straight on. And there was no way he was going to make that corner. You can see from the onboard, compared to his other laps, he broke later. He didn't even, like, he was all over the wheel. Like, you know, he's not the only driver guilty of it, of course. If we don't want to see it, you have to punish it. Or you have to, like, 
and look, I get, yeah, you're pushing hard and you can make a genuine mistake should you get punished for that. But I guess, yeah, you should. If if, if your genuine mistake is going to ruin everyone else's laps, then, yeah, you should get punished for it. So, yeah, if there's no punishment, then why not do it? Our weekly TED talk on one shot. <laughs> one day, Pierce, one day. You'll see it. You'll see it. One, one, one shot means no blocking or penalties too. Yeah, exactly. No traffic. And you get to see everyone's laps, which you don't get to see in normal qualifying. You don't get to see all, everyone's laps. So, yeah. It's on the FA for not punishing. No, I agree, Hamza. In the same way that, this is unpopular among some people, but all of Verstappen's escapades and, you know, silliness in 2021, like Brazil, for example, when he pushed Lewis 14 miles off the track, I don't blame him for doing it because if you think you're going to get away with it, you've got to play to the rules, you know? But yeah. anyway, right, okay, cool. Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done, everyone. That was fun. I enjoyed the stream. Did you like the stream if you did? Uh, and if you didn't, then dislike the stream because it's all engagement. Um, also, I'm instructing you now to go and watch my video that I put out this morning. Uh, there is a link in the description uh, to this wonderful piece of um, YouTube art. And I'm going to spam it in the chat as well because I'm allowed to spam because... This is my swamp. <laughs> and I'm going to pin one of them to the top as well. So go and watch my video. I appreciate it. I worked. I was up till like two in the morning getting the edit finished because I didn't want to have to do any editing on that today. And I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with how it came out. It's a bit more of an evergreen video as well. So if you want something to watch for 17 minutes or however long it is, then feel free. Um, enjoy the Williams Golf uh, launch tomorrow. I'm interested, very interested to see what that car looks like, see if it can hold a candle to the special edition McLaren. And yeah, I will see you for the post-race chinwag on Monday from hopefully a banging 2023 Monaco Grand Prix. And I will also see you on Sunday for the last lap. Watch along on the last lap YouTube channel. That is also linked in the description. So if you want to watch along somewhere with me, with Niran, with a couple of special special guests as well, then you would be more than welcome. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe. Be well. Be happy. And also watch the video because Minton's in it for like the entire first half of the video. It's a treat. It really is. Right. Thanks again. Have a good and cheerio. Goodbye. Adios. I'm done. Au revoir.